Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. Um, that'd be an accent that Jimmy would probably put on, pretending to be his own like receptionist. We've been. Uh, we just finished season four of Better Call Saul. It's like the best show on television. It's one always going to be the top five for me, isn't it? Yeah, it's like it's smart and it's it's exciting mm. without having to have a car chase or a or a, well, there there are the there is the uh, the cartel part of it. Um, you know what? I just um, I mean that's true. They do have a little bit of action scenes, but it's not known for that, right? What I love about this show, and I didn't realize this until last night. I mean, it's right staring me right in the face. I looked at you and I said, this is a hacker show. This is, you know, when uh, we had Bobby Cannavale in the last um, season of Mr. Robot, and he's doing the uh, the OnStar hack, where he calls in as a police officer, gives a badge number, sounds official. It's all a con, and he gets the OnStar people to slow down the FBI um, Escalade behind him. So I just it just hit me in the face. It's like why I love this show. And maybe they've always done these things, and I think they have. But this particular season is rife with hacks. You know, doing these, pulling off these little things, specifically from Mike. Mike is the guy. He's our hacker of the show. He's just old school. So when he's trying to lose uh, Lelos, the Salamanca guy who's coming to town, he chews a bunch of gum. You know, he brushes the, the, the gun aside in the glove compartment. On any other show, there'd be a car chase and shooting out in the streets of, you know, Albuquerque. He just chews a bunch of gun, goes into a hospital parking lot or you know an office building parking lot. I think it's a hospital parking lot. Yeah, and squeezes him out, puts a car between him and Lalo's car. I'm calling him Lalo. I don't know if his name is Lalo. Lalo, and he he jams up the the machine so he can like lose him. I mean, brilliant shit like this. Yeah. And also, like Kim pulls off a hack with Jimmy. She's there with her hapless brother with her alleged sprained foot so she can change those plans and get her uh banking guys um footprint approved, right? Yeah, the new the new plans. And you see like how Jimmy has gone in and and, and I think the last season or the season before and he's gone in old school like Kinko's style and changed like a letter, a number um on an yeah, address. Yeah, what, what he did with uh to what's his name? His brother. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a fucking hacking show, and then not to mention just Chuck's setup at home when he had the uh, aversion to electricity, and how you know that that sort of like low school you know lo-fi hacking there too. So I just it just hit me in the face. It's like I love that's what I love about the show. It's not stupid. It's got the chemistry element of it. You've got you know the engineering part of it of digging the hole for the secret lab. You've got Gail, the chemist, coming in. You know, Fring comes from this chemistry background, or at least his lover uh, was the chemist. Uh, and he's the patient python, you know, waiting to exact his revenge that we know eventually happens with Salamanca. Um, even though they're both taken out in the same moment. But you're getting to see all of this set up. And i got to say, just Vince Gilligan, uh, Jennifer Hutchison, um, Peter Gould, all these guys who work on the show... They're just fucking geniuses, man. Yeah. And the whole thing is like to the bottom line is like everyone is hacking the system. Yeah, they are. That's true. You know, more importantly, Fring is hacking the the law, skirting around the law and hacking the other uh, other cartel cartel. and, And then Jimmy with his what he's doing. It's like, fuck the system. As he tells the girl who's getting the scholarship, he's like, you know, cut corners. You don't need them. 
they're only going to see the mistakes you've made. They're not going to see your potential. Do you think that that little girl understood what I mean? Understood what he was saying, or what, did did she look at him like uh, you're kind of crazy? No, I honestly think um, I don't know who the actor was who played her. Digging her name out at this point would probably be uh, a task. But I have to say, hats off to that actor who absorbed that performance because we saw it all reflected in her reaction and i thought she was great i think she got it It, her reaction told me that she understood exactly what he was saying the beginnings of it i think he planted some seeds yeah but the i mean the tragedy is is we know how jimmy ends up that's true so i mean we don't fully know how he ends up we know he he goes to omaha and he you know becomes a manager of a cinnabon but we don't really know he's in he's in hiding yeah, but we don't know what happens past that. I mean, we sh- we start the entire series with him, you know, in the Cinnabon, and eventually we know he passes out, and there's an event uh, there, and maybe he does have a tragic end. I don't know that it ends. Like- I think that's I think that's how it is. It is. It's just like Breaking Bad, where he had this tragic end. Yeah, I just don't see Gilligan giving him a. Eventually, he goes you back know? to Kim, and they ride off into the sunset. Uh, no. Because even that look, you know, that look of horror that Kim has. I yeah. Mean, that ends our season. Yeah. It's like. Whoa, dude. You know. That's how low you're going to go? Can I ever trust you again? But then I have to I have to say, it's like, come on, Kim. You know who he is. You pick, yeah, you knew he was a snake when you picked him up in the road. And he even said it when, they're, when, when he got turned down the first time, rejected by the board on the, uh, uh, the, pan, the panel that said they're not going to reinstate him. He was like. What is it, Kim? You look at me as like I'm garbage, like I'm I'm like the scumbag lawyer. You know, you like to come down and and play in the mud with me for a little while, and then you go walking back upstairs, right, to your corporate, you know, nice posh place. I think that's what I I kind of side more with Slip and Jimmy, probably because on, on some level I'm probably some sort of sociopath too. I don't know, but I, I feel think like we all are to some degree. Yeah, I think the human condition is that we're all sociopaths. It's just how or much just narcissism. Or yeah, of course, there's ego in everyone, right? Everybody likes to feign like I'm unassuming. Eh. The fact that you're saying you're unassuming tells me that there's probably something up. But like, just I'm just I'm the smartest person I know. Oh, no, I'm, yeah. I'm the I'm the most I'm the most non-racist person. <laughs> exactly. Fuck that. Everybody's racist. Everybody's not straight. And everybody's racist. And everybody's a sociopath. So with with Slip and Jimmy, who's becoming, you know, we see him go basically full Saul Goodman at the end of the season. What I love about who Jimmy is and who Saul Goodman is, you know, embracing himself is I'm finally relieved that he... You see him trying to be a part. You see him trying to go straight at times. It doesn't work out for him. He's not going to be let in the front door. So he's like, fuck that. I'll just come into the basement. I'll come into a window. I'll hack my way in. And, and he calls out that hypocrisy. Yeah. You know, even when he's standing there at the board giving that performance in the end, and he's talking about Chuck. And I, do, I think that, you know, they said the best part of a con is telling a, a lot of truth. You know, you want to do 80% truth, and just 20% of that is just the, the lie that gets you in, right? But I think he does say things that he means about Chuck, you know? Yeah, he is he is a master con man, and and we see that in Breaking Bad. We see, you know, all these all these things that have made him into into Saul Goodman. We see how he fleshes it out in that other series, right? And like what Pinkman said, he is a criminal lawyer, right? Because he understands 
how the to, criminal mind. The criminal mind and how but, to weave through this system. But, and, and again, another thing I, I really, besides pointing out the hypocrisy of those people who sit there and judge everyone else, um, he also, I love that he has a soft part uh, spot in his heart for the people who fuck up, who who aren't born in the best of circumstances. I mean, the the, the length of which he goes to save Huel Babino, yeah, is kind of impressive. And the fact that Kim, you know, is there right beside it him. Was, it was her plan the whole time. Exactly. You exactly. know, so that, the only part I don't understand is how could Kim be so judgmental? Yeah. You know, it's like you're you're there. You understand the. You know who Jimmy is. Yeah. And, and, and then even when she's outside smoking the cigarette and she's like, you know, he's, he's apologizing for bringing her into this scam. And he's like, she's like, let's do it again. Right. And then they go and they they do it to the the um, the Lubbock uh, zoning board or whatever exactly. it is. Exactly. With the guilty remnant woman. With the guilty remnant woman. Um. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's the only part that I'm just like, come on now. Come on, Kim. And I'm sure they're going to address that. I mean, Vince doesn't normally like let these things go. Yeah. I mean, we're probably sitting here saying this now. But I do think season five, we're going to talk about that. Because she's got this like, <coughs> like this judgy face the whole time. She does. But like deep down, it's like she enjoys it. And, and I you think even said that. She, she enjoys that, that. She loves the thrill. She loves it. This is probably the most exciting uh, thing that's happened to her. When they would pull the town. con, like early, in the early seasons where they, they pull the con at, at, at the dinner table. Sure. Or, you know, she with, saved the top of that tequila bottle. She's got that, you know, in her desk. She's that's got right. all of these accolades yeah. in this nice ass office she's she's created this high ivory tower you know position she created the banking wing of this new uh law firm comes in as a partner and then she's you know she loves to slum it with saul goodman and then she does the the pro bono stuff for the uh, public defenders i think to try to make herself feel good about the cons that she does pull i gotta tell you as as um Oh, and one thing before you go on, and he and Saul does call her out because he's like, after they after they're sitting in the diner after they do the thing in Texas and they're gonna drive home, and he's like, well, we should you know we should have an off we should do this together, and she's like, well, I think um, you know we should only do it for good, and we'll know when it you know when that is, and he's like, we just conned a government agency. How was that good? Right. You know? Well, I do think what I love about um, Rhea Seahorn, by the way, Bob Odenkirk, Kirk, you know, he's a legendary character and he's wonderful in the show and he deserves all his accolades. And obviously Michael McLean, who we get to see in flashback uh, in this season. I love that we, we didn't fully lose Chuck. We have him in flashback. He's just always a pleasure. He's a joy. Yeah. He's one of those you know, legends as well. But Fucking hats off to Rhea Sehorn, who just every season, uh, she's not shrill, she's not boring, even when she's folding her arms with her, you know, her little ringed ponytail, she's not, she could so easily um, be very annoying. Yeah, no, she's she's badass. Her, her, she's badass. She's badass. They've, they have fully written her, they have given her just full life. Yeah. They didn't Skylar her. Kim Wexler is a person on her own. On her own, she, she doesn't can, she need can have anybody. Her own. I would watch, I would watch a show with just Kim Wexler in it yeah. as a lead, you know. And not to mention these other formidable characters. We have uh, Giancarlo Esposito as Fring, 
and you have Jonathan Banks as Mike, you know, Mike Roman Trout. Again, these characters can, they just stand on their own. And that's what happens when, you know, a show finds a formidable cast, you know, and then brings in someone like Rhea who, who can hold her fucking own with these guys. Like, I just love it when they get the casting, when they nail it, when they dial it in. Um, and you know, it's not, there's not a young teenager in the bunch. Uh, it's definitely an adult show. And she's definitely, definitely not a Skylar or whatever. She's not a Skylar. And I love Anna Gunn. I know she got a lot of, um, she got a lot of shit, you know, she got a lot (laughs) of shit. She did, you know, and I I kind of, I, I felt really bad for her because I think at one point she was like, I'd be like walking around in my life and, and people would come up to me and just say evil shit to me. And after reading that, I mean, I think we did this on maybe not on this incarnation of our podcast. It might have been on the Bad Kind of Puppy uh, podcast, but just talked about how, how like it's like, fuck you guys. And I and I remember thinking I might have I don't know if I said it is that the writing didn't help her, you know. Well, I even lo- as genius as this these guys can be, Skylar didn't deserve what she got. I liked I like what she became at towards you know the last season. Sure, sure. you know that sort of you know. That was, there was no wavering. So I think they took that note, and I think with with Rhea's character, with Kim, I think those guys, Jennifer Hutchison and those guys who who stepped forward, who emerged out of those writers' rooms, who, who really wrote some of the best episodes of the show, I think they were like, we're going to make sure that this this character has balance and weight to her and isn't yeah. the, oh, Jimmy, you've done it again. Really the one who took the moral high ground and was the snooty bitch was Chuck. And Chuck wasn't wrong about, um, about his brother at all. Yeah. I mean that the way that, that finale opened was, I mean, there was a, that was like a Chuck that we haven't seen in the first three seasons. It it put the human spin on Chuck as well. You know, he, he was, and, and it was just, it was interesting. Right. You know, to see who this person was. Well, they did that with every character. Um, there's n- there's not a one dimensional character on the show. And even Howard, there's there's moments when I'm I'm watching Howard and I'm like, oh man, dude, I feel so I do too. bad for you, I, dude. Oh my god, like Howard in the beginning, I thought, is he just going to be like this, the blonde dude in the suit who is just you know the narcissist and walking ego guy, and not at all. He's amazing. You know, the, the show manages to bring uh, the humanity out in everyone. And then and in a little bit, to a certain degree, I feel bad uh, for Salamanca. Salamanca. You know, to a certain degree. Yeah. But, I mean, even like, I mean, the, the guy is just, he's just mean. He is a piece of shit. Like, even when his, his nephew comes in, he's like, yep, same old uncle, just wants to kill everybody. Right, right. You know. Well, I mean, he did try to drown uh, one of the twins. Yeah, and then even 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 Frank. I mean, there's a deep dark yeah. evil about him. Well, he's been wronged. I mean, he's been he's one of those guys where you know Salamanca was probably just born bad. Fring was like probably Tuco. yeah, like Tuco. Tuco is just he's a he's a mad dog in the street who needs to be put down. Whereas with Fring, you see a. a highly intelligent sensitive person who the love of his life was destroyed like carelessly needlessly in front of him when he was trying to be 
sincere. Who was that? Was that? Uh... That was his. Uh... Was it? I'm getting this confused. This is probably an obvious thing. Was his chemistry partner his brother or his lover? I thought it was his brother. I just started getting the impression that that was his the love of his life, and they were together. No, I think it was. I think it was family. Anyway, regardless. Yeah, but yeah I remember. Now I remember that his two. This person created something, like fulfilled him, and when he lost that, yeah. I think his own. He only lives for revenge. I don't feel that Vring is married. I feel like he has this nice house and he makes these nice meals that are from the old country, blah, blah, blah. I think he lives in a very passionate one direction kind of way. His sole focus is to uh, eventually exact revenge on the on cartel. On the cartel, exactly. Because that's where he heads to. Yeah. That's where he is in Breaking Bad. Yeah. You know, he puts himself as a pillar in the community and he sort of the embraces both sides of this thing. Uh, that we're talking about. He is a Chuck and a Slip and Jimmy all in one. He's uh, he's puts himself up as the pillar in the community, but he's capable of um, deep, deep, yeah. Deep well, bad it's, shit. It seems as if like that's that's one of this franchise, you know, Breaking Bad and this one is is that the duality, the duality of people. Because yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's with everyone, you know, Walter White, for example. And then Gus Frank. Right. Where should we be in the timeline? So we're seeing them dig out the hole. We haven't seen the meth on the street yet. Um, so maybe Pinkman and White have already met each other right now, but we don't know if it's emerged on the street. To I, any no, degree. I don't think so because the blue stuff doesn't come out until Heisenberg starts cooking. That's true. So it's we don't we don't have any of the blue meth until. Breaking Bad. So Walter White is just coughing in class somewhere right now. He teaching is science. Probably no. I I think he's either he's either coughing. No, he's either just teaching high school or he's working with Gray Matter right now. Ooh, maybe. But I think the well, partnership. No, no their partnership dissolved a long time. Yeah, ago. Yeah, it dissolved a long time ago. Yeah. I think he's he's teaching, but I don't think he knows he has cancer. Yeah, I don't think any of that's happened. Yet. None of that's happened because because Pinkman hasn't even met. Um, Saul yet? Saul yet. I think Pinkman is probably in, in Walter White's high school class. I, th- I think uh, this is season five is going to be where we see everybody. I'm feeling like coming in. Cranston and Paul are coming back in season five for me. Or maybe just maybe Paul. But it's, it's going to be weird seeing Paul because he's chunked out a little bit, isn't he? He's a grown man now. <laughs> I know. When he started uh, he like Breaking Bad, he was he's a child. Yeah. Or I felt he looked Early like 20s. he looked like he could probably be. One of those kids who's held back about five times in high school. Yeah. Because when, when he was in need for speed, he, he gained some weight. He wasn't scrawny like... like well, I think he just pigment. grew up. I think well, he yeah. grew into his yeah, body. he grew up. He's not a fat guy. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying he's chunked out. He didn't chunk <laughs> he didn't out. Chunk out. Tinier than me, I man. chunked out. Man, when I, when I hit 30, I... That's true. You know, my he, cheeks ballooned. But you, but you didn't get fat. <laughs> you just filled out. Now, but I see what you're saying. Like, I'm looking at Crazy 8. They're trying to go back in the cat. And the guy with Crazy 8, I'm like, he looks like he's like four years old. And I'm like, <laughs> well, do you know Crazy the, 8 was a kid on Breaking Bad. Do you know who it was really noticeable with is um, uh, uh, Saul's um, bodyguard. Huel. Yeah, Huel. Well, because Huel lost all this weight. He lost the weight. And I was like, 
oh, dude, you don't. You... Does he blow up later? <laughs> like, does he start eating? The loss of weight makes you look older. It does. Because your, your skin feels like you got Yeah, loose. past a certain age and you lose all that weight, yeah. especially if you've been carrying it. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, it's really cool that they gave him lines. Yeah, I love Huel. But he's a comedian. You know? That uh, that actor, is a, he's a comedian. He's a funny, funny fucking guy. Because in the original, he doesn't talk much. Mm-mm. He just sits there and, like, yeah. yawns and stuff. And, and sleeps. Cause I love, <laughs> and I also love how they broke the DMV lady who became, like, uh, is it Jessica? I don't know. Who became his, uh, like, his, 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 his receptionist. Yeah, receptionist. Oh, my God. Very funny. But we are seeing, like, the moment where we're crashing into the part where we see this throughout this season, I think a little bit last season, where Saul has got to, you know, run. And they're shredding things in the office, and he's about to make his run for, you know, our fixer is going to show up and take him off to wherever, to Omaha. Um, So we are getting close to that. I think we're we're on a trajectory to at least start to see some of our Breaking Bad, you know. We've already seen Breaking Bad characters. But, like, I think we're getting closer to, you know. Crazy 8. Yeah, Crazy 8, man. It's just not working. It's like. (laughs) That dude is this is this is where in the reverse it's not working. Although Jonathan Banks, he kind of looks the same, but if yeah. you go back, there's a there's a slight change there as well. Really? Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's been a lot of years. It, it has been. It's been what? 10 I mean, years? it hasn't been that. Has I it mean, been ten years. I mean, this show's been on the air for four. Yeah. So how many years was it before Breaking Bad, you know, ended in this? I mean, it was a set of years. Yeah, was it like three, four years so before the So it could have been as many, many as 12 years yeah. between these two timelines, the, between productions. So they're doing the best they can. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not shitting on anybody. It's just, it's just funny. It's, yeah, it's, it's you just kind of go. I mean, I look, at, I look at pictures of myself from like 19, 2015 and I go, oh, shit. You know, I thought, you know, 150 was really heavy. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I miss 150. I miss when I weighed 150. So like when I first met you, I was scrawny as fuck. I you was were. Like, well, I, was like, well, I was like a buck 19. You really were. Like, you were the size of dental floss. And that was and that was 10 years out of co- high school. It was 2009 was when I met you, right? Yeah, so I was already out. I mean, I ballooned up in my 20s, like, because all I did was drink beer and but then you know I had to, I had no car, and all <laughs> those jobs. Skateboard everywhere. I had to skateboard, so all I did skateboard, smoke weed, and drink coke and eat Snickers. That'll keep you thin. Right, and you'll lose weight that way. You're burning off the Snickers bar before you even get to where you're going. Yeah, and then we get together and we get fat together. It's awesome. <laughs> we're working on it. Come on, we're working on it right now. We're do, we're trying a couple of things. It's working, I think. Um. Yeah, just sort of time in, in, in general. But man, do I think, I just think this, uh, well, just talking about Odenkirk. If you go back and you watch um, Breaking Bad, what they do with him. Yeah. Because I give him his real uh, hair when he's in Omaha. Because Odenkirk doesn't have a whole lot up top, you know. He has a little bit of that stuff that he comes back. And then they, for these years, he's in the wig with a sort of a more full um set of hair so huh. they're trying to de-age him in, in little ways like that but by the time he gets to omaha and he's got the mustache and they've let his hair go do you think we're gonna have 
How many more seasons do you think we'll have? One more? Um, you know, I'm, I don't know what they've said officially, but in my spidey sense, I'm feeling like they could do this in two. Two. Two more and tell the story. Well, they moved really quick at the end of this one. Yeah, I feel like we're getting to a place where once they hand over to Breaking Bad, we're done, right? So I feel like it won't happen just in season five. I feel like it'll be by the end of season six, we'll we'll done our handover. You know, and then these actors can go off and do other things, but I don't want to see it end anytime soon. I wanted to see it end in the time that it's been set aside for it. That's what, you know, Gilligan does this. Gilligan, Gould and Gilligan, they tell the story within the time that they need to tell the story. So I feel like... I was, you know, I, I don't forget about the show. I kind of, I know it's in my back burner and I know we don't an appointment watch the show because you want to be able to. I want to be able to rail through the whole yeah. thing. I mean, I, I can't, you know. I just, it's one of those that needs to be watched in a yeah. binge situation. It's created for that, right? It's like the same thing with like American Horror Story. I want to watch it all at once. Yeah. I don't like this. I mean, if it's a really good show, I, I want to watch it all at once. The only show that I'll allow myself to do well where i have no choice is game of thrones i have to watch week to week i have to watch week to week mr robot too and mr robot with me with american horror story since apocalypse is so good i can't go on twitter because bitches be spoiling it andre exactly that's that's why andre be on there like 20 minutes after it's over going did you see did Did you you say girl i'm like what are you doing andre stop it well, it's not just him. It's the entire fucking internet. It's like, oh, my God, did you see what Michael just did? So that it's kind of like, what do I call that? I call that defensive watching. Yeah. Where I have to go watch it or some bitch is just going to spoil get, it. I'm exactly. not calling you a bitch, Andre. I'm just saying. Yeah. There's some bitches on well, that. I mean, that's the thing. That's why I could do I – mean, I could I could hold off on a breaking or, – or, um, because yeah, so, no one's going to spoil it. Yeah, for you. no one's no one's running on on Twitter going, "Oh my God, did you see what Kim did?" Like, yeah. I guess the people are more restrained. It does have ratings. I'm not saying nobody watches the show, but I feel like people have restraint with that yeah. show. With you know, with like with, it's like with the Star Wars thing. Like, people motherfuckers are in line, and some goofballs driving by is like, Han Solo died. Yeah, you're just like, dude. You know? So and yeah, we just spoiled that for you. Oh yeah, well, sorry. If you haven't seen it by now, <laughs> yeah, can't you know, help you. Come yeah. on, Rosebud's a sled. Um, so yeah, I I enjoyed it, I and mean, there is so episode to episode. I think I'm least interested in uh, Mike's daughter-in-law, and not for the the actress is amazing. Um, I, I, I like her. She does have chops. I feel like that story is weird. I mean, I know that they keep, they have put this in the story because she is the reason that, uh, Mike comes to Albuquerque at all in the first place after the death of Maddie, he comes there to try to do some good yeah. in the wake of that tragedy. Um, and I know it, we have to keep that Mike anchored in that. Uh, but I feel like sometimes, that feels like a burden to the storyline. Yeah, there. I mean, if you're going to keep it there, give it a little bit more than, you know, him pouring the concrete at the church. Yeah. You know the 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 scene with the um, the support group was good. Right, but again, but I feel like this like, is a, this is where like we have wonderful um, Cam. I feel like couldn't we do something more with her? I feel like yeah. that female character is written as furniture. I mean the the. 
the woman that he meets at group that I feel like he's got a little bit of a crush on, there's more dimension to her um, than, see, I can't even remember the character's yeah. name. So I, I feel like that's one of my biggest pet peeves is don't put somebody uh, on a show unless they have a purpose. Yeah. You know, and if, if it's fine if they're like, you know, murdered waiter and they come in to get murdered. <laughs> it's one thing if it's that. It's another thing if they're staying on the show on the payroll and you're not giving them a chance to perform, especially with this writer's room. So that's my only kind of suggestion box thing is like, you know, Lalo comes in here for five seconds and he's whistling and he's giving the guy the bell and he's making his presence known. Yeah. Surely you can do this with Mike's, you know, daughter-in-law. Yeah. Does she have to be like, let's go to a support group? Why do women have to always be suggesting go to a support group? I think therapy's bullshit. I feel like it helps sometimes. And I feel like, you know, I'm not going to sit here and just wax the floor on your fucking TV show and go, can you pick up my daughter from school? Looks like, can you like have her be a badass like Kim Wexler? Can, can we have, she doesn't have to be Kim Wexler, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, she doesn't have to come on and just be like, you need to go to therapy. But how, do, how she's looking at this motherfucker. Surely she doesn't think that he needs fucking therapy. Therapy ain't going to fix Mike. Yeah, I think he's only, he's just going it, to it for her, right? Yeah, but I just feel her. like, come on. Because he feels obligated because he's the one who. I understand. You know. I understand. But, but I see her as a device only. I don't oh. see her as a well-rounded three-dimensional human being. And that's kind of unfortunate. Maybe it's coming. Maybe in, in season um, five it's coming. Maybe she's going to break bad and she's going to be this entire time she's been, you know, uh, running guns out of the back of the house. Do we see her character in um, in Breaking Bad? I, I don't remember or not. Um, yeah, Carrie Condon. She plays Stacey Ehrmantraut. I don't – if she did, she popped in for a second. Obviously, yeah. she doesn't loom large. Um, Again, there. So she's playing the same – it's that same type of thing. Right. You know, and again, like, I feel like I can remember Ernesto better than I remember Stacey Armentrout. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it, you know, if we're, and if we're going to, like, Patrick Fabian, who plays um, Howard Hamlin, like, if you can make this guy work, you know, this white dude, generic white dude in a suit, like, pop and be like, have dimension and be a guy. Guys, guys, please give Stacy something to do besides go to therapy and like do bullshit and be a nag. Uh, let's talk about what happened with Varga um, this season. It seems like Varga is never going to escape having an overlord. Just when he thinks that he's, you know, he's having an edge over and trying to get out of the mob and get his family unhooked up from um, Salamanca. We we do find out he's the one who puts him in the wheelchair. We do find out from this big elaborate, you know, pill game in the pocket that he has been the one to stroke out Salamanca. Yeah. I think he intended to kill him, but you know, now he's stroked out. And Fring knows it. And Fring knows it. He of his his probably his superpower, Fring, is observation. Yeah. He is a he has got almost a second sense with people. It's almost uncanny. It's almost a little bit too good to be true sometimes. But yeah, Frank knows who Varga is. He's got him in his pocket, right? He sort of have him, has him as a mole on the inside. So Varga is deep mole for Fring. And now, just when he thinks, well, Salamanca is in this situation, Lalo comes in 
from Mexico and is like, oh, I got it. And I'm 10 times worse than Salamanca. And I'm cheery about it. So. Yeah, he was nuts. Like when he when he pushed that guy out of the way in the. Oh, yeah. The thing. And then <laughs> and then when he goes to the. um, What is it? The the wire. The counter- travel wire place. <laughs> he crawls up into the fucking. Yeah. Rafters. And he knocks it's out like, Napoleon what? Dynamite. Like just totally takes Napoleon Dynamite out. Fred. Start work. Finish. For, yeah. Start work. Finish on Fred. It's like, oh, shit. You're in over your head. The young people in this show. That's the shit that happens to them. Yeah. You know, they're either, or then the kids who shake down, um, Jimmy, (laughs) he shows up with Huel and this other guy. It's just, it was almost comical that you had these like nerdy looking thugs. Yeah. You know, okay. Yeah. The three of them could have kicked my ass, but it's like, what, in what world are these three holding any corner down? I know. Right. (laughs) You know, they're not the same kind of thugs you would see here. No. People here are like fucking scary. But this is Al- Albuquerque. They, there's, there's, you know, that's a rough town. That's a rough town. Yeah. They have a, they have a rep. I'm like, what, what does Central <laughs> so, Casting do over there? Like, we need three nerds. They're like the North of Montana thugs. That, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's true. They're holding down Carlisle and Chad and Con and you know Dakota are going yeah. to be your robbers today. Yeah, that was pretty funny. You just have, and then they're, the pinata situation was pretty funny. Um, we do see a moment where Jimmy has a breakdown in the car. How did you interpret? He goes uh, down after the scholarship day. It's night. He's in the basement, uh, parking garage and his car won't start in yeah. What did you take from that? What did you take that to mean? I think it's like, it's like he, it's like a moment where he just, cause most of the time he's able to. You know, rally, rally. But this is like he realizes that he's always stuck at the shitty end of the assembly line. This is who I am. This is like I get everyone shit. I mean, everyone crappy looks car down to in me. The basement. Yeah. yeah, they 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 judge me. They you know they don't see. And I I know I'm not the smartest, but everybody looks at me like I am worthless. And he's also been released from his father. His father. His um. His brother's perpetual judgment. He's been released from that. Yeah. I think the only, the, really the only person that he enjoyed hanging out with was his dude when they used to pull cons together. Yeah. The, the guy from, who was in Last Man on Earth. Yeah. That was like his buddy. Mel Rodriguez. Is that his name? Yeah, I love him. And then he, this, that, this was like in the beginning of this, the series, right? Yeah. They hang, and then he, he had the heart attack. Well, and I think he also, and the other person that I think he, he is hoping understands him as much as his old con partner is Kim. Yeah. But at right there at that, 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 but rest- she just stops. I mean, that's the last image we have of season four is Kim just dead stop still looking at him. Like, what do you mean? He goes, you know, I'm proud to carry the name McGill is what he says in front of the board. Yeah. And she wipes away a tear and he goes, that asshole. And there was actually crying. And, and she turns around and she goes, he asked for the DBA form, and she's yeah. like, "Wait a minute, Jimmy." And he's like, "It's all good, man." Yeah. So, but he made—I think he made that decision to to be Saul Goodman. Oh, a while ago. At the at the dinner table when she tells him that he's she's going to go work for that other dude. Oh, you think that was the moment when he leaves and says, oh, "I just got to hit the head," and he goes and he stands in in, in the, the the breezeway of the mm. the kitchen. Oh and yeah. He's like, okay. Really. I think right there it that's where he turns. All right. Because he walks back to the table. And he's like, 
hey, do what you got to do, you know, support you. And so now he's putting the con on to her. Oh, she's not she's no longer in she's no longer allowed she's inside. on the outside because they did all the split screen things where there was a line between them yeah. and that happened post that conversation didn't it they're on two different tracks maybe or maybe I that think, was on the way to that no i think it's like right after that they that's when it started because she started doing her she started going to the law firm that's it and, and they were started, already split she got yeah. her cake and was able to eat it too and he's never been able to have his cake oh eat wow it too. Wow, he's just gonna steal people' cake. Um, wow. Okay, you, you know, that? you know me. You don't eat that. You gonna eat that? I'll take it. Um, some. I'm like that's where, that's where I'm like so forced with the trees. Sometimes I just think, oh my god, this is where I'm like, I'm not a smart man. Well, I mean, no, this um, is just what I. I no, no, I think that's exactly what happened, so. and you're absolutely right. It's like you're on the outside of this con. You know, you're welcome to come along, but honestly, yeah, he made his decision, and you know what? It mirrors now that I'm thinking about it. Is when we, I don't know if it was the beginning of this season or the last, but somewhere along the way we see in Omaha at the Cinnabon in black and white, like a French movie, we see him pass out and hit the floor, right? And then he's got the the icing on his face and he goes <laughs> to the ER. Um, is this a mirrored moment to that where he like has that kind of, it's not just him making a decision flippantly. He goes and he stands there in the kitchen. He's in another kitchen situation and he and i feel like he's about to hit the floor like something overcomes him yeah i don't i don't really know i'm still you don't think those two things are connected well i don't i don't know i'd have to i have to see how it ends first because i know there's something's gonna happen because i i don't even know why they started it with that yeah and then we just jump back in it's a significant moment i mean i remember that last season of breaking bad you know He's sitting in the diner and it's he's looking at fifty one and bacon, you know. And we we wrap that entire season back around to where he starts. So we're in the finale with him, you know, on that day with the full beard, with the gun in the trunk. That's the last day he's on the earth. Wait, wait that's how we start off this season. This that's series? Breaking Bad. I'm talking about Breaking oh, Bad. Oh, okay. So what I'm looking at is like, are they doing the same thing with Better Call Saul, where by the time we get to the end of our entire run, we're back in the moment in Omaha where he hits the deck. But I feel like yeah. this was a call to that. When he has this moment, he doesn't do it lightly, okay? He doesn't go, fuck her lightly. I think he's like, this is where I'm going to leave her. And maybe she'll survive this and maybe she won't, but I'm making this deci- decision to fully embrace being Saul Goodman, as you say. No. That was the day he made the decision, and he almost like drops he there. does yes right he almost drops he gets because you know that feeling it's like you're like i'm about to faint so i realized that he's not full psychopath yeah and maybe he never fully is full psychopath because he has that moment in omaha well he's just like the rest of us i guess just trying to survive there's hope for someone who you know? can uh have that humanity in them yeah exactly it's just the day-to-day yeah you know, I mean, it's pretty obvious that shit's rigged, right? We should know that by now. Oh yeah, I mean, and, well, we're getting and, to and see he, it has, play that, out he daily. has that he has that conversation with the uh, the scholarship applicant. It's like it was never going to be you. They were never going to give it to you. They already decided. So this you was go just out, yeah, all the things so you can believe that you have a chance, right? And then when he again on the um, on the top of the the parking deck when he's yelling at Kim when he. Decides to move out, but 
doesn't at the end. Um, I think he finally tells her what he's thinking. It's like, you looked out on me. Yeah. You know, he just couldn't say it at the dinner table. And, you know, I'm, I'm the same, I'm the same way, I believe. I mean, and I know this about myself. I just, as soon as I see someone like looking down on me or like when their face shifts in front of me, I just can't keep up the ruse. That would be a deal breaker for me in a relationship. So just be on your toes. <laughs> be on your toes. And then when he's standing in front of the, the, um, when they're pulling the con on the, just trying to get the word out that he's a good person. So, yeah. And he's standing in front of the sim- Chuck's and he's, Oh my God. What is watermelon pickles. Watermelon, watermelon pickles. I'm going to use that. <laughs> trying to be sincere. Boo-hoo. 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 And, but see here again, like you, you've said this already, you know, she's in the car with pastries and coffee. Exactly. And he goes, I didn't know we were going to get any customers today. I didn't think anybody was going to show up. So come on, Kim. She's buying. She's buying. The, she's buying the ticket. She took the ride. Yeah. What are you doing? She's buying the, the supplies to write the letters. Yeah. You know, you're you're fueling this, and you cannot yeah. be surprised. And I think Kim would probably agree with us. See, and that's the thing is like, it would be it'd be very interesting. I think it would be a really good twist. Not even a good twist, but I would not. If if it happened this way, where it's not that she's offended. But she really sees who she is, and they partner up, and somehow she's collateral damage. Yeah, and I think— I could see that happening. I think she just all just had—I think, you know, we're literally watching her have a cathartic moment. Like, which way am I going to go? He got me. I've always been in on the con. This time, I wasn't. Yeah. So I feel like that was her reaction there. It's like, oh shit, I, yeah. you, 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 I was you're crying. The one who got conned. Yeah, I was crying. I was believe. I was falling for this shit. So I guess it can go. She can walk away. Because mm. um, she ain't in Omaha. She's not in Saul Goodman's world when when he meets uh, Walter White. She's not. In, no, she's nowhere in Albuquerque. In yeah, does Breaking she Bad. leave? Does she? Is she the district attorney somewhere? Is she? What is she? I don't know. I really think. I still think. That somehow she expires. You think she passes away? Yeah. You think she's going to be, she's going to die? I think so. Oh my God, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. Kim Wexler dies. No! Ugh. Because by the time we get to, like, Breaking Bad, I mean, he is full-blown criminal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that just hasn't gotten caught yet. I mean, he's in with the cartel. He's, you know, their their lawyer fixer. Yeah. You know, he has the dirty money in his office hidden. Right. So. Show is so good. I've never seen a show that does this. We're talking about going like a prequel that just is just slamming it. And I don't, and like like I said, I don't think it's a happy ending. I just, I don't see no, these guys doing that. These guys just don't write that way. You know. I mean, their happy ending is Walt White, you know, dying admits. And you know what Kim says? She mirrors a line that Walter White says, one of his last lines. She goes, I liked it. I was good at it. But she ends hers with, but I want to do good kind of thing. So she is conflicted. But yeah, Walter White, like he, 
you know, baby blue laying in the middle of his creation, you know, with his blood stain on the thing. And it's not about like, you know, of course he loves his wife and child, but he loved that game more than he loved anything. He was good at it. He was good at it. And he took down the guy who took down the cartel. Yeah. And he took out Lydia on the way out too. Yeah. Drop, mic drop, peace. And then he took out the the other guys. You know, Jesse Pinkman is out in the world somewhere. So does Jesse Pinkman end up in Omaha? Probably not. That's way too convenient. No, I think Jesse Pinkman goes to Alaska. You think he does? Oh. Grows a beard, finds a wife, and like gets really drunk certain times of the year where he can't talk about things. Yeah. That's what that's what exactly what happens to Jesse Pinkman. He probably lives off the land. He's probably off the grid somewhere. You know, hunting beaver. You can, Caribou. See, you can see Russia from his backyard. You can see Russia from his backyard. <laughs> and then he gets pulled in from the Russian drug cartel. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. The Russian Walter White. You know? And then he shoots the guy. I need you to cook some meth for me. Pow! Um, I'm not doing that. I went again. Sam Raimi on that one. So, okay, cool. I, 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 I can't wait. This is a show that makes me yeah. think about, like, every episode, after every episode, I think about these characters. And it takes so long for it to come back around. Well, it takes a long time to make good stuff. I know, but it's like, it's like a whole year, and it's already over. I know. You know? But like, we consumed it in one evening, and it was like, oh, I want to watch it again, though. It's one of those shows where, oh, yeah. it's like, well, you popped on Mr. Robot season one the other day. I could watch, I could watch Mr. Robot. Over and over and over again. It's like Band of Brothers in the yeah. Pacific and Game of Thrones and Fight Club. Those are things that you can just put them on in any part of where they are, and I will just stop and watch whatever it is. You can buy it on Amazon. That's right. That's right. Do we have all four seasons? We do. Of Better Call Saul? Uh, we do. We do. Now we do. Now we do, as of last night. We don't want to watch any fucking commercials. Yeah. AMC's app is just junk and mess. Their their shit is just jank. And then effects is also fucking with us now because I can't go back in and watch the episode without trouble. I mean, I ha- we pay for cable, and now they're offering for five sixty six a month. You can get like un- 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 uninterrupted episodes, no. blah blah blah. And Fuck I'm like, that. why do I fucking have cable then? I don't know why you have trouble watching the FX thing because I watched it on on demand last night. I had, I was rewinding it, and no, that's, forwarding it. That's where I watched it. I didn't watch it on the app. I'm just saying that. Oh, the app, app is yeah, the app's garbage. I think it's Roku. Maybe it is Roku that's garbage. Or it's just the app because it's probably the same way on an Apple TV. Yeah, it is because AMC is janked on Apple TV too. There you go. See? Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll be back soon with some more content. There's some things we're cooking up for the Halloween season. Apocalypse is – what episode are we on? Um, I think it's like four. I think uh, six is about to come out. So we're about halfway through. Yeah, maybe. I think we just saw four or five, and six is coming, and the big one's coming back because we know the cameo that we've been waiting for is coming. We won't tell yeah. you what that is. So yeah, that that one's coming. So we'll we'll be doing full blown. Yeah, if you're not watching that one, it's really good. And yeah. I'm not, you know, I don't, I didn't see all of the horror stories. You I didn't. just saw Mur- Murder House, and I saw some of. Um, you watched Coven. I watched all of Coven. Mm-hmm. I liked those two. I saw some of the Asylum. Asylum, and I was like, yeah. And then you pieced. Yeah. Um, hotel is good. We should watch. Hotel. Yeah, I saw a little bit of Hotel, but then like just even the first, I was just like, man, this is just 
we're everywhere here. You have to stick around for March, and you have to stick around for uh, Dennis O'Hare's character and oh. for Kathy Bates. They're really the standouts of the season. Evan Peters is wonderful, you know. But it's just it's different. It's because this one, like right out of the gate, getcha. And then same with Coven. It's like right out of the gate. You're I like, was telling Andre this. I think what's happened with where we are with Apocalypse is like Murphy and company have um, collected all these amazing actors. They've had some time on the water. I think they've learned from their missteps where the season will start strong and then lose its way halfway through. Um, I feel like they have a writer's room that's really on point. Now we don't know how the rest of the season's going to go. Uh, but this has kind of been their MO, but never never has one of them been this good. Yeah. I say I feel like a horror story finally came along the way of the OJ Simpson stuff and Versace storylines and pose. You know, we got Billy Porter out of pose. Oh, uh, we got Pops, uh, Andrew Cannanin's Pops. Uh, from yeah, Versace, he's, he's a oh, bunch of, and then he has BD Wong in this too. He's got BD Wong. Uh, when I saw BD Wong, I yeah. lost my shit. I was like, what? Well, we're doing the po- we're, let's save all that for the podcast. But yeah, just just yeah. apocalypse is. So yeah, if, you, if you you're if you're not watching it, watch that one. That's a good one. Uh, I am going to do uh, Florabama Shore because it just uh, wrapped. Uh, that that's coming. Uh, that's going to be me talking to myself with you sitting there. Because mm-hmm. I know you didn't watch it. It's no. going to be a short one, but I, I promised I was going to do it, and I'm going to do Florabama Shore. Um, we have friends who have a podcast uh, called Killing Time. You can find that on iTunes and Stitcher and all parts. So please, uh, I think they just also just launched their, I'm taking my time as I get to it, their Instagram is the Killing Time podcast. Let me see if I can find it. I'm hitting all the wrong buttons, not finding it. Killing Time. Stand by. I'll give you the exact handle. It's Killing Time Comedy on Instagram. The Killing Time Comedy Podcast. Um, what's cool about this is they do, they, they uh, my friend Tina, she, uh, Tina Leach, she writes uh, these, she scripts them, and they're really funny. I, I like them. They're like um, radio comedy drama stuff, radio comedies. Um, definitely explicit, but very wacky. And I don't know, it, it, you know what it reminds me of? Um, is a little bit like if everybody on Northern Exposure like took acid and then went to a comic book shop. That's what I, I, I feel like. Um, what it reminds me of. I know that's probably not the goal, but uh, so please check those guys out on wherever you get your podcasts because they're all over. Um, yeah, that's all I got to plug. Anything uh, that you want to plug? Anything we're talking about out in the world? Um, no. Go see American Horror Story. Yeah. Catch up on that. We're about to start playing 76 Watch. Fallout. Oh, yeah. 76 is going to come out this month, next month. Yeah. And then... Go see Bohemian Rhapsody. Go see Bohemian Rhapsody. When it comes to your town. When it comes to your town. Yeah. And then um, uh, go see uh, see Better Call Saul, season four. Watch it. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Download. Uh, just buy it. It's only 17 bucks. Well, it's like, well. Oh, well, we had. 20. Oh. It's 20 bucks. It's 20 bucks. You'll watch it again and again. I mean, no one's paying us to say any of these things, so this is from the heart. It's from the heart, yo. If you like if you like television and story, then if you like television yeah. and story, you'll, you'll like Better Call Saul. Yeah. 
Please sponsor us, AMC. Although I know y'all hate us goods. Uh, I would take their money. I would take their Take money. your money and fix your damn app. Seriously. No. Stop doing this that way. Call right. up HBO and see how they <laughs> they built theirs. Oh, snaps. Uh, you guys take care of yourself, and we will see you very, very soon. And remember, as always, I love you. Bye. <laughs>